So, guys, we have uh, Simon on today. Simon's a good friend. Pretty much, guys, I wanted to get Simon on um, today because Simon is someone that I look at and I see, you know what, he has really got it all together. He's really crushing it, both physically, professionally, personally. And I would love today to unpack how he's been able to do that so that you can gain insights in your life so that you can perform better in the gym, not only just how you're looking, but also we were talking before around Simon's Ironman and things like that and how you can do incredible feats that you never thought were possible. And then as well, also how you can push yourself to new levels out of the gym. So push yourself to new levels as a man and also as well um, in your career. So yeah, Simon, it's good to have you, mate. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, mate. And it's going to be a good conversation. Awesome. So in a nutshell, Tell the guys a little bit about yourself. Tell us your 60-second story, where you were before, where you are now. Just give us a bit of context. Uh, yeah, 60-second story. I grew up in a small island called Jersey, um, old Jersey, not New Jersey. And uh, basically, sports was my life, like my entire life. Rugby, football, tennis, you name it. I've tried it. I've played it. And the one thing that has always been installed into my life is hard work. I was told from a very young age, and I'm very lucky to have amazing parents, you can do whatever you want as long as you work hard at it and you surround yourself with the right people. And that's been a common theme throughout my life, Um, whether that be my training, whether that be my personal life, professional life, business, whatever it might be. um, I just feel like I've worked hard. My highest value in life is progress. I don't care what avenue it's in. I just like moving forwards. Um, And that's kind of led me really just a constant pursuit of being a better version of myself. Um, And it's led me here to Dubai meeting yourself and so Mm. many other of our friends as well. And give us a, because I do feel like there's so much that you've achieved. What are some of the big milestones the last few years? Because you've done so well. I appreciate it. Uh, Big milestones, I would say, probably the biggest one for me is probably just moving out here, moving to Dubai. Okay. Because I wanted to go traveling, didn't go to uni, always Mm. was like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do this, but I'll wait until I can do it with someone. Wait until I can do it with someone and I ended up moving out to Dubai, which was a huge move. And it's probably one of the biggest pivotal moments that helped me change my life. Um, like played a Siam Cup, second oldest rugby trophy in the world with all my best mates. That was amazing. Ironman, sub th- uh, 322 marathon. Like, I don't know. They don't feel like bigger accomplishments. <laughs> bigger, 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 bigger. If you bigger. walked into a pub, you wouldn't get those type of accomplishments. Yeah. And like, one of the things when I was thinking about, right, what am I going to talk about with Simon? Is like I was just thinking about right. What have I seen you? So I've I've known you for two years now, and I've seen you obviously do the Ironman. For anyone that doesn't know an Ironman, Ironman is what's the distances? Three point eight k swim, one eighty k bike, and then forty two point two k marathon at the end. Okay, so for all of the Irish listeners from Belfast to Dublin, that cycle alone is just over a hundred and sixty eight kilometers. I think that. So what is the kilometer? One eighty. Yeah. yeah, so that is literally that distance. So just imagine like that two-hour drive. That's what Simon cycled, swam, and then ran a marathon after. Yeah, it was, okay. a, it was a long, long day. <laughs> long day at the office, to say the least. <laughs> Other things that I've seen, mate, is I've seen you grow a really good, successful business. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it, this is literally all I've ever done. All mm. I have ever done. Yeah, from like 14 or something, 15? Qualified at 15, started this out of a shed in my mum and dad's garden. The yeah. shed wasn't big enough for me and the client to stand in at the same time. So yeah, it was like yeah. January, <laughs> January, I'm there, they're deadlifting, I'm there, coke, freezing, freezing my nut off outside. Um, started there, mm. got pretty busy pretty quickly um, in person. Um, one point to one hundred PT sessions a week. I look back at it now mm. and I'm like, how the hell did I even do that? When we say busy, you 
probably are the the biggest coach in your country. Yeah, yeah. If you put Jersey, Jersey as a country, yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So like you've done really well. And what age are you now, Simon? Twenty six. Okay. And as well, you've moved here. You've clients all over the world. Yep. Yeah. And like, what the other things as well is like I sort of notice as well is you've been through a massive personal transformation. Obviously, like I live with Kieran. We'll have Kieran on at some stage. But talk a bit about that. How you've transformed personally? Yeah, I think people see me on social media and they think, oh, he's the most confident person in the world. I spent mm. a lot, a lot of time in my own head. Um, I'm very analytical, and overthinking was probably the biggest thing that held me back for so long. Not mm. just from an overthinking perspective of like, can I do it? Should I do it this way? And constantly chasing perfection, but also dragging myself down, always feeling like I'm behind. And I think if you're a driven or ambitious guy, you're always going to feel like you're behind. Mm. But are you, or are you exactly where you need to be? I think the the biggest shifts that I personally made was just ability to have harder conversations quicker which helped mm-hmm. me progress forwards the ability to not just chase perfection and take quicker action and then alongside that i would also say just getting out of my comfort zone a little bit more mm. from jersey it's a very it's very hard to explain if you're not from like sm- you've got a like small town like mm-hmm. vibes and then you've got like I live on a rock in the middle of the sea. (laughs) (laughs) That's one way to describe (laughs) it. Literally, like Shutter Island, basically. Um, And it's it's a very it's a very strange mentality. Um, Mm. It can be a great thing, but it can also be something that really holds you back. So, the biggest thing has just been like getting out my comfort zone, having hard conversations, breaking free of what I saw as normal. Mm. Um, Yeah, I'd say so. And the taking quicker action. Mm. What did you have to go through to make the leap? that maybe like give us an example of that and give us like how you would handle it now because mm. for example launching the online company yeah i'd been in person PTing for like four or five years at the time for 18 months i planned out i'm gonna do a members area i'm gonna do this i think you remember telling me that. about this the whiteboard I had, days i literally yeah. had white <laughs> whiteboards full when i'd fill them like, oh, i need i need more space so i'd take a photo of it wipe it clean and go again and then I think the biggest thing that gave me positive reinforcement that action was the only way to see prog- progression was I signed up with my first business mentor. Mm. And I'll never forget trying to haggle him down on the price. And it was like, <laughs> it was like less than a grand at the time. And I look back, it's like the best return on investment I've ever seen in my okay. life. Um, and I went, shit, that's a lot of money. Mm. And if you pay, you pay attention. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, if I've handed over this money, I am tight. Okay, mm. I'm going to do every single fucking thing that he says <laughs> and I'm going to get my money's worth. Yeah. And literally, I used to watch the webinars on a Wednesday. I would plan out exa- the exact action steps that I needed to because I knew that if I took too long to think about this, I wouldn't take action because I'd overthink mm. it and get in my own head. I'd plan it out on the Wednesday night and Thursday, I would put nothing, nothing in and I would make sure that things were implemented and started on a Thursday, even if they weren't perfect. And I just had a flat rule for that for 12 weeks and things progressed Mm. quicker than they ever could one of the sayings that you've uh, said before is that implementation beats perfect perfectionism talk is that what you had to really get into your head yeah that's what happened at that time was i started taking action and realizing that i'd get 50 percent of what i perceived as oh that would be perfect and then i'd realize it was fucking wrong anyway so i'd have to start tweaking and fine-tuning but if you just get started you gather momentum and let's break it down for like a fat loss perspective if you just started tracking your calories mm. okay even if you weren't having a calorie target you'd probably see some progress or you'd learn something from it you're mindful you're mindful 
Okay, but then you start to learn a bit more and you can take the next step and you can take the next step and you can take the next step. Mm. If you don't take the first one, even if it's an yeah. inch, you can't take the rest of them. 100%. And like that, that brings nicely out to that. You've obviously said that one of the biggest aspects was the coaching and doing that. Where do you see this overthinking pattern in men? Where do you see this pop up in your clients and how do you help them navigate through that? I think it's getting people crystal clear on what they actually want to start with. Okay. Because I think personally, I think a lot of people conform to what they think they should want rather mm. than what they actually want. Give us an example of that. Give like, us an example. You don't need to name names or someone's no, situation, like, but like, like... I want the six pack. Okay. Do you want the six pack or do you actually want the partner to build the life that you want with? Mm, yeah. Do you want to do an Ironman or do you want the status and recognition that doing an Ironman will give you? Yeah. Mm, so it's getting people clear on what they really value. Yeah, it's going a layer deeper rather okay. than taking that superficial answer. Like, hey, don't get me wrong, I'm all for milestones and the Ironman is amazing and more things, but I don't do them for the status, the recognition, the six pack, the stuff like that. I do it just because I, like, I see it as a... Okay, another karate belt up. Yeah, is my is my method of progression in yeah. business. Having another client is, I must have got better at something to get this client over the line to get it's a better game. result. It's a game, literally, like mm. progress and money, uh, events. They're mm. just like, <laughs> like little points for this yeah. game that I'm playing to just become the best version of myself. It gives me a way to measure. And on to that point of Ryan, overthinking. So you think getting them clear on what they want. Mm -hmm. Okay. Step one. What's step two? Step two, what's the first smallest thing that you can do? Like I read an amazing book called The One Thing. And if anyone yeah. struggles with procrastination, I would recommend this. Okay. And the whole book comes down to this one sentence. What's the one thing that you can do right now in terms of X, nutrition, training, business that will make everything else easier or unnecessary? So clarity. Clarity. Okay. And then is there any other steps that you would say? Whiteboard. <laughs> okay, for everyone listening, he's yeah. got a... He, we're, we're, <laughs> we're making whiteboards yeah. on the table. Draw, drawing lines. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I use this for my clients. I call it momentum builder. Okay, so visual. Like, visual. Visuals. Okay, cool. Like, yeah. I'm a big visual person, so I would literally get a piece of paper, put it on the fridge, for example, and I would put one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Mm. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And I would do that for four weeks. Yeah. And I would, whatever that one thing is that is the first thing you need to do, sc scratch it off when you do it. Scratch yeah. it off when you do it. Even better, put a green tick or a red cross. Because once you've got six days in a row of getting it, I don't care who you are. If you're not a motivated person, for example, you're mm. not going to want to put a cross there. And mm. then it's just momentum. And then you see the results for your action and it's positive reinforcement. Yeah, the data never lies. And I, it's like, it's one thing that I, I love. No, I don't love it. I don't it's in a bad way, but there's a lot of guys that would come to myself and they've been doing things for years, but it's not until they are given a system like that where you realize, oh, okay, you were maybe showing up half the amount of time, but there's this that's happened. Then they're like, oh, yeah. I realized my diet really wasn't as good as what I thought. Yeah. Or I realized that wasn't, I wasn't trying as hard as like, I wasn't really progressing. Like one thing that it's one of the first questions in our audit is it's like, what did you eat yesterday? Because then it's just like, ah, oh, that, that shows no, a real light. Yeah, there's, the rea there's the reality of it. Because what everyone thinks they eat and what they're actually eating, mm. it's completely different. And you always notice it. Like, at the end of the answer, it's like, you're a... <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. It's so, it's so true that we all justify yeah. it in our head. I'm not as bad. Like, the amount of people I speak to, and I'm like, oh, training this. And I'll be like, so how's your nutrition? Oh, but I eat pretty good. 
mm. but you want to lose 25 kilos. Yeah. I'm sorry to be blunt, but you're eating can't be that good if you want to lose 25 mm. kilos. Yeah, 100%. Just someone to hold a big fat mirror in front of you. It kind of comes down to inputs and outputs. It's like what you put in, what you put out. And kind of on that point, I want to touch on, you've transitioned over to this sort of like hybrid athlete. Mm. And this is a new concept for a lot of people in the industry and things. What do you believe are the right inputs to get that sort of aesthetic, but also athletic physique that is able to be ready for anything that is able to, to look good on the beach, but still able to do a marathon. What, what do you believe are the main sort of inputs that you need to take into consideration for that hybrid physique? Two things. One, you've got to like, I want to break it down into like strength training aesthetics and then mm -hmm. fitness and athletic ability. Strength training, you just need to become very, very efficient at movements and you need mm. to be strong. What does that look like, efficient at movements? Efficient at movements, that this is like good mind-muscle connection, good yeah. form. So the, because you're now navigating two different, like multiple disciplines, mm. the training that you do in each discipline is going to be a little bit less. So you can't afford to not be giving it 100% or not getting the most out of each movement, each exercise, each set, each rep. So when you are doing it, it needs to be freaking good. So if, would an example be, say for example, someone wants to get in class shape but they want to do a marathon and they've put down four weight sessions to two those two need to be bang yeah. on quality yeah right, you right, need cool. to be turning up and like four sessions a week you can get away with a bit of fluff in there yeah okay because yeah, yeah. eventually you, you you require enough volume intensity and everything but if you're going down to two sessions mm. you need to be training hard mm. you also don't want to be overdoing it because then it's going to take away from the other ones when you were going towards the iron man and the marathon times and things what were you surprised about? Like balancing both goals? Nutrition. Okay. You can train as much as you want if your nutrition's not in check. But like the, the marathon was okay. I just had to pull my ego a little bit because that was when I was kind of more mm. for early on in that like hybrid journey. I just had to kind of pull a lot of lower body workout and go on to maintenance. Mm. But I was going like 160 for sets of eight whilst training for a marathon. And it's just about choosing that primary goal and secondary goal and understanding, yes, you're a hybrid, but you can't chase everything at once. Gotcha. You can chase a marathon and you can maintain your physique and strength, but you can't be Superman and push all of them. Hmm. Whereas when it came to the Ironman, it was like, this is so big that I really do have to check my ego even more and put these on the back steps. But the new, biggest thing I realized with nutrition around the Ironman is I just kept getting ill. Like... I, I was I literally haven't had a cold in like seven years and every two three four weeks I was like why have I got a fucking cold this is doing my head in yeah. and I just realized that my nutrition was good but it wasn't good enough mm. and it was deficiencies being in a too too big of a deficit like on a Saturday I go out and I had a seven hour session if you're not replacing those calories the size of the deficit that you're in is just so big that your body is just ruined yeah and what were the shifts from good nutrition to exceptional nutrition? Because this is something that like, like the guys that will generally, because your coaching is quite similar, will come to us. They're not, it's not guys that are generally like needing to get motivated to get off the sofa. They're doing yep. well as it is. But like you said there, there's a there's difference between good and exceptional. There's levels and then there's levels. Yeah. So food quality mm. was massive. Um but also just one strategy that I actually used, and I spoke to a guy called Chris Lowe, which we both know, yeah. an absolutely incredible nutritionist. And when it comes to hybrid training, you have some days which have incredibly high output in terms of calorie expenditure, and you have some days which are moderate. Mm. 
my system for my own nutrition has always been just like keep your calories the same keep it easy automate yeah. it whereas i actually started having to do looking at things per day so i knew my baseline of calories and then basically if i wanted to drop body fat which is at the start of the Ironman, i would do a 50 percent eat back of the calorie expenditure based on my watch mm. and we know that your trackers aren't 100 percent accurate but it was a pretty good gauge if i wanted to maintain my body weight i would do 80 percent eat back so I had my baseline of calories, which for me was about 2,400. And then if I burned 1,000 calories during a workout, I was eating back an additional 800. Um, and having that understanding, and it was very, very interesting to see how my body responded, not just in the performance in sessions, but it was like the next day. Because I still had a business to run and a relationship to try and keep afloat. When I done the ultra, that was the thing I firstly noticed after a few weeks was just like you see when you're going out running three hours, four hours, like sit, sit, down, and then sit down at the computer and you're like, oh. and even if you maybe like like I, what I'd done was I booked in a few calls afterwards, so like you can't sit and sleep on a call, like it's and even their energy, it it uh, you just not, you just rise yeah, to yeah. it. So you do even if you are tired, but the the moment like I even notice like random slumps, like five hours later, you would just get a dump of energy and you're like, oh, yeah. So then when I started to, to put uh, nutrition strategies in place, that helped massively. So yeah, 100%. No. It's, again, it's like anything, then just having someone to hold you accountable to them mm. because you can think you're amazing, but you got to do it. <laughs> and you mentioned earlier on about f like primary goals and secondary goals. Mm. So let's say someone's listening to the podcast, they've been training for five years and they're in okay shape, what is realistic? Like, what is what could you? What is possible um, in the next six months where they could achieve? Like, what could be a metric or something that you're like, you know what? Most guys they actually could do a marathon and could strip off twenty pounds, or you could like, you could if you had a right strategy, you could still add on a plate on your squat while doing a fast like doing a sub 25k like what what's a good like marker you were most guys if they really committed they could achieve yeah i think your first protocol would be drop the body fat to get body composition in a good place while starting to build uh running volume build your so, engine yeah build your engine because once you've got a base like mm. i describe it like a pyramid to my clients the wider the base of the pyramid the taller the pyramid so that low intensity zone two mm. 180 minus your age keep your heart rate underneath that that's going to be your foundations for everything. So I would focus on getting body fat in a good place. For, for people maybe don't understand zone two, what's that? Uh, so basically, it's running it or doing your cardiovascular work at a pace where you could have a conversation yeah. near enough at the same time. Okay. If yeah. you're tracking on your watch, one of the easiest ways to work out is just do 180 minus your age. Um, otherwise, just do it at a conversational pace. Okay. Um, I personally think getting body composition in a great place and then just building your engine over a six-month period and go and do a half marathon because mm. that's also going to give you a pretty good test to see if like you actually like this hybrid style because mm. you might get six months of him and go do you know what fuck this i just want to be a bro <laughs> like <laughs> that's that's fine i want to go back and do my free trick cross yeah, literally, all day literally. Long, yeah um because then you've built enough of a base to then if you want to progress to a marathon or you've built enough of a base to then taper down hit a fast 5k 10k um and what are the mistakes that people make? Like, what are the common sort of mistakes that you see that when someone's... Because it is quite popular. People are going to do half marathons, marathons, mm -hmm. but they're leaving at the last minute or they're neglecting all their weight training and then they get a runner's physique. Like, what yeah. What do you see? Doing it all at once. Okay. So not prioritizing what the main goal is. So if we look to that six-month journey we're relating mm -hmm. back to, first three months... If we're talking primary, secondary, primary goal would get body fat off. Secondary goal is start to build your engine for the first three months. Mm. Three months, you can drop 10% of your body weight. 
pretty comfortably. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a realistic rate of loss. After that three months, because your training is going to, from a cardiovascular perspective, it's going to become more intense and there's going to be more of it, you shift gears. Now, the three months leading into the half marathon, that's the primary. And then the physique is the secondary goal because now you're just focusing on maintaining those levels. But if you look after your performance, your physique will look after itself anyway. Mm. And it allows you to shift gears from, are my abs popping still? Can I still see some definition of my shoulders? Because if you just keep looking after the performance, the physique will look after itself. One of the things that I find from shifting more towards performance goals is you stay motivated 12 months of the year. Whereas aesthetic goals, like it's summer or it's this cod or it's this, or it's like, (laughs) there's just so much more. And it's like, it's more stimulating too. Like at the minute we were talking before about me boxing and things like every single week, I'm learning a lot of new different things. I'm learning more about my body, learning more about fitness, strength. Like it's crazy. Um, so for anyone that maybe has thought about maybe doing something, like I would definitely say that for you, like if what, how did you find the shift from aesthetics to more performance anesthetics? It was just going back to what I loved. Like mm. I, sports has been my background. I love feeling athletic. Mm. Like my company's called Aesthetic Strength. Like yeah. I want to look good and feel good. Yeah. It's taken me 10 years to encapsulate what I want to help people do in three words. It's look, feel, and perform at their best. Um, mm. So I would say the biggest shift that I made is realizing that you don't have to be a full-on bro to still look good. Yeah. In fact, you probably look better and you can probably maintain your body shape and your body fat levels more, making sure you actually incorporate some conditioning, your energy be more, your productivity will be higher. You'll actually be able to play with your kids and you'll have your kids struggling to keep up with you rather than you struggling to keep up with your kids. Um, so it's, and it just keeps it new and exciting. There's so many different things you can do. You can do cycling, you can do running, you can do ultra, you can do fucking kayaking or paddleboarding for Christ's sake. Like, <laughs> we're going full, full hybrid now. But... Um, uh. It just, it's like dopamine response, you know, with physique. Once you've reached a certain level, for you to add (laughs) an inch to your arms, it's going to take you three years. 100%. Whereas if you're just getting into running, you're having that constant positive reinforcement that Mm. you're progressing and you see yourself progressing. You're seeing yourself, your techniques getting better. You're a student of something again. And I think there's something so powerful about learning. That's so much. Do you think the performance focus is better for like society or do you... Like, where do you see that? Because there has been a shift in, like, what, 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 yeah, if you, if you had to sort of control the whole fitness industry and you had to put out a whole message, what, what, what would the message be? Find what you like and stick to it. Yeah? Yeah. This, this is what I like about hybrid, because people, th- a lot of people have the perception of hybrid training, think it's lifting, running. Mm. It's not, in my eyes. Hybrid is not CrossFit, but yep. it's just enjoying everything that fitness has to offer Mm. and being able to then shift that to what you allow yourself to enjoy and stay consistent with. And if you do get a little bit bored of doing that, guess what? We can just shift gears a little bit. As long as you've got some key fundamentals in place, it allows you to move with what you're enjoying at the time, shift gears, change a little bit, but still keep this baseline. And as long as the baseline is continuously improving over time, like the sky's the limit. 100%. So I've got a few questions I want to ask you, Simon, right? So these things that you've achieved, right? You've achieved the Ironman, you've achieved the marathon, you've squat ridiculous weights, you've obviously as well got an amazing shape, the business as well, like you're now in a relationship and it's going very well, traveling. Let's say you had to achieve all this in half the amount of time. How would you do it? I've been thinking about this since you, <laughs> since you gave me a head off about it. Um, like, 
10 to 5 years even the ten, when you think yeah. about that in 10 years that's pretty good but how would we get that to 5 uh, day 1 I would have invested into coach mentor yeah. like way earlier than I did like I got mm. did alright for myself like professionally in, but it took me a while yeah. um, literally day 1 I don't care if you had to put it on a credit card if anything, if you've got to put it on a credit card, it's probably going to force you to take more action. And guess yeah, what forced getting. evolution. <laughs> forced evolution, baby. Um, that's what I would do. I would also then literally focus on the inputs and the outputs. So I would use those mentors and go, if you were me right now in my position and I want to achieve X, tell me exactly what I need to do on a daily basis. Mm, honestly, guys, like whether, like you don't need to be a coach to know that. Like that is important for the boardroom. That's important for anything. Like just to get actually out of it and just say, look, this is where I'm at what do you think I should do? Like, that's a powerful question. So no, that's great. Is there anything else? What about from an athletic perspective? How would you be the athlete? How would I be the athlete? Yeah. I would train less. Mm -hmm. I would actually train less. My young, younger years, I thought, have you ever heard of Juggernaut, the program? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I ran Juggernaut and I, I, I can't say it is, but I can almost, I'm pretty confident that's when I tore my meniscus. <laughs> um, got me crazy strong, but I, I just kept going through these phases of like, I've never had a problem working hard, but I didn't always work smart. Mm. So it wasn't as effective and efficient as it could have been. So that then pulled back from other things or I'd get great results and I'd get injured or I'd run myself into the ground and they'll go and eat and everything in sight, whatever it might be. So mm. training wise, it would be do, do less but more effective and efficient. And again, I would lean into the mentors and coaches for that. From a nutrition perspective, I would focus on per meal. Mm. This is something which I've been really pushing with my clients lately. People look at like, oh, here's your daily calorie target. Here's your weekly calorie target. If you just actually break this down per meal, it's like uh, back to like ultramarathons. Uh, I listen to an amazing podcast and people are like, you don't stop in an ultramarathon because you can't take another step. You stop in an ultramarathon because you can't imagine yourself taking another step for another 30 kilometers. Yeah. So if you break that down to like your nutrition, if you know that your breakfast needs to be 500 calories, that's what you've got to focus on. It's the next move. If you know that your lunch has got to be 600 calories, that's what you've got to focus on. If you know mm-hmm. that your dinner's got to be this, okay? And notch, 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 I notch. don't know if you've heard that where Alex Ramosi, he said about um, most humans eat the same 10 meals. Yeah. And it's just like altering that next 10 meals. So say, for example, you have your spuds and, be- and beef or whatever. It's just like, how do we slightly pull back? So this is a little bit more aligned. And you alter that and just the next meal, it's, it's massive. Yeah. What about as a man? How would, you, how would you get the same level of development half the amount of time as a man? Like you mentioned earlier on, you've been through a lot with um, overthinking and stuff. What would, be, what, would you te- what, what would you do differently? I would ask myself, what's, when I'm stuck in overthinking, I would ask myself, what's the downside to not taking action on this? Mm. Okay, so if I don't take action on it, can I live with that? Yes or no? Simple answer. Mm. If I can live with it, I probably won't take action. But if I can't live with it, then I've got to take fucking action. So give us an example. Like, uh, my ex girlfriend. Okay, and this, a lot of guys will probably relate to this, it's why I want to share it. I was in a relationship for two years. Lovely girl, don't want to slate her in any way, like super, super nice, just on very different paths, Mm. okay? And that relationship, I should have ended it probably a year before I did. And it got to the point, and luckily a friend (laughs) gave me some accountability and said, look, you need to fucking do this, you've been talking about it, saying about it, whatever. Just ask yourself the question, do I see myself with this person for the rest of my life? Yes or no? Mm. 
if I stay with this person for, th for the rest of my life, can I live with the potential consequences of that? If the answer is no, I can't do that, I don't see this for myself, fucking have the hard conversation. Mm. Um, did you ever know these like hard questions that you need to ask, but hid away from them in your shell? 100% all the time. Still, still, <laughs> still, still, still do it in, at times. We, we've all got this can of worms yeah. <laughs> that we don't, we know that we're there. We just kind of, they're not there. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, and honestly, this isn't like a big heavy, like people, like this is, I know I should make some breakfast. I'm going to have fucking Cocoa Pops instead. <laughs> like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and you just avoid it and you just get out of the way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm like Alex Somoza, you mentioned before, and he was talking about how you can get ahead as an entrepreneur. entrepreneur. Oh, by the tax? No, 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 oh, no. Uh, no. The um, decision it, tax? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So okay. This is exactly right. the same for anything. It's health, it's fitness. The one way that you can get ahead of anybody just make a decision quicker because yeah. if you think about something and you make a decision about it and you do it on day one yeah. old me overthinking would have taken a week yeah. but by the time that new version of me he's made one decision on day one two decisions on day three three decisions on day four by the time I've made old me's made one decision in seven days I've made seven so I'm seven moves ahead of where I was if you pay two costs you pay the cost of time and then the cost of actually doing the activity yeah that's big what would you say has been an invaluable routine for you like just a mm. little ritual that if we we sort of analyzed your day, like what would been a routine where you're like, you know what, that's actually really that's done me well. Yeah. The two. That's cool. Like I call them my pillars of success. It's how I end the day and start the day. Okay. I end and the, a successful tomorrow starts today. So I call it three plus two method. I literally write what are the three big rocks that I have to get done tomorrow and what are the two little additional things. And mm. I literally write them on a post it note every single day and they go on my laptop. Mm. post-it note people use Trello or this that whatever whatever works for you I like a post-it note because I can scribble it out and I get satisfaction out of like scribbling out and seeing it done three plus two those three big things are the things that get done first those other two are the icing on top of the cake that's mm. how I end my day it means that I can protect my willpower my bandwidth my energy going to the next day because I don't have to think what am I going to do today mm. okay I don't do fancy morning routines I yeah. don't stretch and I don't do yoga and I don't meditate and I don't do breath work I wake up I get a liter of water with some electrolytes and I start working. Yeah. Like there is less than four minutes from when I get out of my bed till I open my laptop, but it works for me. But I do that for 90 minutes and I always go for a walk. And my morning walk is like my reset. Yeah. I protect that kind of productive time and then I go for my walk and then I come back in and I'm already like 90 minutes ahead of everyone because I wake up early in my head. Mm. Um, but it's like I start my day fresh again and now I can get on with it. And it doesn't matter what mood I'm in, anything like that, just a morning walk. No one regretted going outside and getting some sun, <laughs> some sunlight or just some daylight in your eyes first thing in the morning. Yeah, no, I love that. And obviously to, to get to this level of success in different areas, you've had to delete things, you've had to leave things behind. What have you had to leave behind? What's been the downside of like going all in on these athletic goals and business goals? What have you possibly missed out on or said, I don't want this? Because it is a... There's a reason why 99% of guys aren't achieving what you've achieved. So you've had to do something differently or miss out somewhere. Like what, what, what would you say that you've had to do? That's a very good question. I would say the socials. Yeah. The social occasions is probably one of the biggest ones because I, th I don't think people look at it as just the social. 
it's not just the social occasion, like the night out with the boys, we're having a few beers, it's the day after, and then it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, when you don't feel 100%, and when you're used to feeling it, like high performance, and you don't mm. feel like that, you notice it. I think it's that, and then also the, it's the friendships. Like, mm. I, not that I've outgrown people, but we've ended up going on different paths. Mm. So, like, all of my mates came from my rugby days. Yeah. And as I evolved and kind of came out of rugby, I was like, yes, I have a good laugh with them. But also, nine, a lot of them are just drinking buddies. <laughs> and keep doing what you want to do. That's you. But mm. I see myself going in a different route, and it was very hard to step out of that mold and break the identity of I'm the tennis player, I'm the rugby player, I'm the personal trainer. And that was partly why I think it led to overthinking. I really struggled to have hard conversations because I wrapped my full identity up on what I was. Okay, and you see if someone else feels the exact same that they need to break out of that group, that um, pattern, well, what advice would you give them to just fucking do it? If you do it, <laughs> what's the downside? <laughs> can, can you live with it? Like, yeah. I, I, no, like in all seriousness, no, I would just say like whatever avenue you're wanting to look to get into mm. or you're wanting to break away, you're not just going to leave it for the sake of leaving it. You're going to leave it to try and pursue something else. Find someone or a group of people so that you have community support in terms of doing it with someone. Because if you try and do it on your own, it's going to be very, very difficult. Mm. And you're going to give back into temptation. You're going to get pulled back in. Whereas if you're making that transition or m moving through then you're kind of going into another group yeah group in like powers power in numbers <laughs> yeah no 100 and now for you in this chapter what's the challenge that you're currently facing in this chapter right now in 2023 uh downtime yeah yeah 100 percent. so i'm excited like okay. <laughs> every, everyone says this everyone feels like they're just getting started yeah um literally everybody like from a business side training side physique side everything i just feel like i'm literally just getting started and i get excited mm. and I burn myself out okay. like i literally had it to be honest this week i think over the last two months i've done like nearly 300 consultation calls mm. which is like a lot of energy and then mm. i was like why do i feel so beat up <laughs> like i'm literally standing it's like that life. immune system moment yeah. where you're like oh why am i sick oh i've yeah. just run for seven hours <laughs> yeah and it, that happened last week i picked up a bit yeah. of a cold and i was getting frustrated with myself so yeah. I think my biggest is allowing myself the space to chill out. I find that very hard because I'm excited about growth and progression. Mm. So it's about looking at myself in the mirror again, checking my ego and realizing I'm not Superman. I can't juggle it all and thinking effective and efficient. One thing that's been a game changer for me is looking at the like your energy as in like green, amber, red mm. and noticing the ambers more. So like ambers could just be, it was harder to get up. I was a little bit sore in recovery or like I'm not as enthusiastic today or those it just that's been so helpful for me. But when you're in it, when you're focused, when you're like, I want this going, I want <laughs> like uh, Amber's out the window. But that is something I think every sort of high achieving man needs to. It's like when you neglect the Ambers, you'll get caught in red. And when you get caught in red, yeah. it's a it's a big way up. Yeah, I think it's a hard one because a lot of people listening to this will justify it though. Yeah. I'm in the amber. I'm in the amber. Fuck off. No, you're not. Sometimes you literally yeah. have you literally have to fucking break yourself. Like get to the point where you're literally broken mm. to realize where the line is. But I think until you hit that point, I think just try and bury yourself. Do more. <laughs> like do more. There is a point. Yeah. There, like, yeah. Like it isn't saying like go and kill yourself, but a lot of people will justify it and a lot of people will play the victim. Mm. And it's one of the biggest things I hate. It's kind of like I like to think of it sometimes as like a race car. Like a race car has to hit top speed. Do you know what I mean? But 
outside of the actual top speed, taking very good care of itself. Constant pit stops as well, constant best parts, uh, information advice. Mm-hmm. So it's, but no, th- those people aren't hitting top speed. No. So, so and you, you, people think they hit top speed. Yeah. But then there's always like a glass ceiling that you break through. It's like mm. training. It's like progressive overload, reps on reps. Yeah. And the more you push yourself, you come back, you recover. You push yourself, you come back, recover. And we were saying about from the Ironman, I was doing 20 hours a week of training. Yeah. I came back and removed like 15 hours of that. I was like, I've got so much energy, <laughs> so much time. Mm. And it helped me. But I had to go through that progressive overload through work capacity and just total hours in my week to mm. now unlock this next level. And like you said, they're about sort of pushing on and just doing what you need to do. I do think like in your 20s, I know we're both in our 20s, and I do think you need to just see where your output lies, see how much you like. It is sort of a game where, and especially for a lot of you, most likely might not have kids, like or will be a majority of sort of be in that pre-dad stage. These are the years to really like push your capacity and your output. And if you do like, Wreck the boundaries now and again, like, like what, what, you, you what's the, the worst that can happen? Like, exactly. well, obviously, we don't want to get sick and things, but yeah. you can always repair it. And these are the, this is the years to do that before you're in conditions and situations where you can't. Mm-hmm. That's my my biggest motivator in life is regret. Mm. I do not want to get to 50, 60, 70, 80 and go, I wish I'd. Yeah. yeah. One of my fa- favorite quotes of all time is, uh, the hardest day in a man's life is when he meets the man he could have been. Mm. One of the things that I'm working with with Charlotte at the minute is 97-year-old Ben. And if 97-year-old Ben, if he was satisfied, content, what would he say? How would, what yeah. was that? What, what message does he give to the 27-year-old? And I suppose it's, like, very, it's very similar to what's the downside, can you yeah. help it? Yeah. It's tapping into like your future wisdom. Yeah, no, 100%. So what's next for you, Simon? What's next? Um taking a little bit of a step back from performance-based stuff. Okay. Like we've got some things like in the pipeline towards the back end of this year, but nothing as crazy as like the Ironman or anything like yeah. quick 5K, quick 10K, maybe a half marathon, just starting to build some stuff. Do you okay. want to hit the 5 and 500 challenge? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's been one in the pipeline it's for a while. The, yeah, I yeah. tried it a while back, but it was just too hot here at the time. I know the squat's there, but sub five-minute mile is pretty quick. Okay. Um, and then just keep keep doing what I'm doing. This mm. There's one of our favorite, another quote from one of our friends, don't fuck with the sausage machine. Um, just keep doing what I'm doing. Keep progressing, keep challenging myself, keep investing into myself and see, and where, see where we end up. Lastly on that, Orion, what you do, you've said about aesthetic strength, but what is it that you do? How can people get in contact for you? Like, I know you give out loads of free information. Where can they find that? Like, give us a little bit of an insight. Yeah. Easiest place to find me is just Instagram, probably Simon Johnson Fitness. Um, what I do, help people take control of their health and fitness and dominate mm-hmm. in life. Physique, performance, personally, professionally, just become the best version of yourself. Um, analogy I've been using recently is quite funny. <laughs> uh, imagine us, well, you'd be the exact same. Imagine us as your fitness financial advisors. If okay. you're going to invest your time, your effort, your resources here, you want to see a return on investment. I'm here yeah. to make sure that you put that in the right place, inputs, outputs. Yeah. Do you know what? I actually, I done a massive talk in uh, EY. So I did in their big yeah. national day. And I actually done something very similar. There's a massive guy who was talking about investments and return of investments. And I was like, guys, and I came on and I was like, do you know everything he's talking about? We're not going to do that now, but with fitness, and everyone just laughed. And that was how I came on. And do you know what? I actually was just like, 
I kind of just thought of it in the spot and I just went for it. And like, yeah. there's like 270 people in the room. <laughs> just freeboarding it. Yeah, yeah, it was class. But Simon, it's been an absolute pleasure. Guys, honestly, go follow Simon. And you have a podcast too? Uh, yeah, listen, watch your step. Yeah, go listen to some more, Simon. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. And I know that each and every single listener will get so much from this. Yeah, thanks so much. Appreciate it, mate.